welcome to season two of the Elastic Brand. This season we have six amazing guests, ranging from brand designers to digital marketers to UX designers, all here to discuss what constitutes a brand. So let's get started with episode one. On today's show, I have Matt Ham. Matt is an illustrator, an art director, a brand designer, a UI designer, and creative director at Super 8. Um, have I missed anything out? No, I think that's covered a lot of it. Good, yeah. good, good. <laughs> In a professional quite, context, at least. <laughs> quite a uh, quite a, a number of strings to your bow. Um, and, gosh, I probably came across you, that sounds dodgy, oh, came across you, um, oh, Years and years ago, when I first started out in the design business, I think, and I think I even have a Super 8 mug somewhere. Yes, I think uh, a lot of people do. That was a uh, oh, thing at one that's point. That's disappointing. Yeah. I thought, <laughs> no, I, thought sorry, I was really special. special. No, God, sorry, Christ. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll deal with that later. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's lovely to have you on the show. Welcome to the Thanks. Elastic Brand. Um, Pleasure to be here. Would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yes. Well, you've kind of done a little bit of introduction, but yeah, I work for, well, I'm a, a, it's a, it's a small design studio called Super 8 and small as in at the moment, it's really just me on my own some really. And I work with other designers and developers kind of remotely really. Um, yeah. I don't have any employees as such, but um, just work with a lot of kind of contractors and yeah. all sorts of different types of di- uh, disciplines so and we kind of do stuff like uh, we work for a lot of different types of companies but um, at the moment we're doing a lot of work for um, kind of AI companies that are mm-hmm. kind of based oh, in wow. London or sometimes in San Francisco a lot of the time at the moment um, and we're doing all stuff from branding work uh, design work user experience design um, all the way through to kind of web design, illustration, and kind of taking them through that whole process. A lot of the companies that we work with do tend to be startups, so they come with us with a kind of a fresh, clean slate of an idea they have, and they've got a bit of investment funding, and they come to us to kind of help them get everything started. Um, And it's quite interesting because you get companies come up to you that are just sometimes one or two man bands, and then, you know, over a couple of years working with them, they can grow sometimes 100 employees or so. So, yeah, it's uh, it's quite nice. And currently, um, I am living and based in España. I know. I'm so yeah. jealous. We talked about this yeah. before we started recording, and it sounds idyllic. Yes. Um, so so you're, you hire in people as and when you, you need them for various disciplines if it's not something you do yourself. Is that right? That's right, yeah. Or it's something that I maybe can do, but... You know, depending on yeah. the capacity I've got, then I just know that some people that do a job very well and yeah. do, do it quickly, then I'll just hire them in like a, yeah. like a gun almost to kind of do that part of the work for me, you know. And that seems to work quite well. And we've super been going now for about more than, well, more than 10 years. And um, it just seems to be a good approach. I initially started um, with a colleague that I was working with, a company called Kyan. Uh, dot com who are based in Guildford and we were both designers there and we were working together for about a year and I just turned around to uh, turned around to this guy this designer I was working with who I really admired I thought was a fantastic designer I said do you fancy starting a company because <laughs> I think we could do this by ourselves he was like yeah 
he was, he was, he was sort of said to me, well, I wonder when you were going to ask me. So it was kind of on the, on the cards, you know, already. And that was a guy called Pete Horn. So we started the company. We left Cayenne and started Super 8. And uh, we kind of just went in the deep end, really. Got a small office together. Um, and we started sharing with another brand designer, actually, called, a guy mm-hmm. called Simon Croft, who runs mm-hmm. a company called Studio Tangerine. And we just started getting projects in and we had a little office in Guildford and we kind of, you know, it was a nice kind of little atmosphere. Um, and, and then I kind of, uh, after about a year or two, I kind of decided to go leave Guildford and go back to Oxfordshire where my family are from originally. So I went back there and um, and started working, continued working with Super 8 and the guys there, but just working remotely from an office there. Um, which was another kind of shared office that was um, I shared with um, John Hicks, who's a kind of a well-known um, designer and uh, previous and, guest on the show as yeah, well. Yeah, I believe that's the case. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He's a lovely chap. Yeah. And um, and then we were another guy called Ed Hicks, not related. He's wow. a developer. <laughs> and uh, there's a guy called at the moment. There's a guy called Wes West, and um, another chap has moved in called uh, Dennis, who runs a he's a kind of a brand UX designer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he runs he's uh, he runs thirty eight one. So yeah, you know, I kind of we kind of work with all these people as well, you know. So we, really lovely space. It is then of creative. Yeah. People. So then I've moved away from all that lovely space. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> to that, another lovely space. That is, but that is the thing I really am missing the most. I knew I'd miss yeah. it. It's it, that's the hardest thing for me to move away from because it was such it's such a perfect environment to work for me. Mm. And so I'm endeavouring to try and find something similar like that over here if I can. Yeah, or yeah. maybe start something. Yeah, well, that's the other thing as well. Yeah, so I think that's the thing that I definitely struggle with the most. I um. I've always worked from home alone and I think like it's just terrible I've always fantasized about finding like a really nice office space to to work in because I miss like from the old agency days of um you know just a laugh and having that kind of support network around you as well and yeah it never feels quite as scary when you've got people around you even if they're not sort of in your company it's nice to just have other people there I think yeah it just makes you feel a bit more professional as well sometimes Mm. being in an office and having people around you and you feel like you can talk about we rather than just me as well because you're working with people there there in the office with you it does make you it just gives you a a certain level of confidence as well I think Mm. which can help you know how did you um initially when you first left how did you find clients did you have clients that came with you or did you um just you know how did you do that? I'm always really intrigued about how people find clients in that kind of situation yeah well I think um when we left Cayenne um we just had a call from somebody that I think Cayenne were reluctant to do uh which was a small website job so we kind of just contact that contact that, that client directly yeah. and just started doing that so we had one job really we had a bit of money in the yeah. bank as a bit of a buffer um, but we had one job and for the first couple of months we didn't really pay ourselves you know yeah so we had one yeah. website job which was I think at the time I can't remember the amount it was like a five thousand pound project for our quite right. a largest website so um so we did that project and that just got things started and we just did lots of kind of 
promotion and on Twitter and trying to go to conferences and say yeah. and just putting ourselves out there a lot. And then yeah, did you work, do networking? Did you go to yeah, networking events? Did, and yeah, stuff? yeah. Well, not you know, not specifically for networking, but just to go to conferences to meet different people and yeah, and, and you know, just work started coming in from recommendations already. Yeah. So I mean, that was just so helpful and. And it, we've been quite lucky in terms of the work did start coming in quite a lot where at, at one point we had so much on, we just were turning work away, you know, but then you're in a nice wow. position where you can pick and choose yeah, the nice clients the to work with. Yeah, the ideal position, isn't it, really? Because we always had this rule that, you know, we had a, if we had a gut feeling about a client and like a new client that we weren't quite sure, for whatever mm. reason it is, either of us didn't, weren't quite sure that it might be a nightmare person to work with or there's something not quite didn't feel quite right about it even though they had money and all this budget and mm. stuff we just would return the project down just because we thought that is so could... important it's so yeah. important I've gone ag- that's always been my motto gut instinct never lies yeah and but I've gone against that a couple of times in the last two years and it's been really really disastrous yeah. and quite so detrimental right. to my mm. work to be yeah. honest yeah um and had a quite a long-term kind of knock-on effect with my kind of confidence as well yeah. and you know I just think oh my god if I'd just gone with my gut initially then yeah we'd never have been in that situation I mean I guess it does help when you have another person working with yeah. you yeah like Pete because sometimes I wouldn't see it and yet he was like yeah I don't have a good feeling about it and I was like oh, I think it's fine he was like no I just yeah. don't I think we should and I would we would just listen to each other and say okay let's not do it and yeah we realized afterwards looking at what other you know um, agency they took on it would have been a nightmare so it was you know generally looking into those kind of in hindsight Mm. you know it's a really really good thing to do just trust your gut instinct definitely yeah I think it's hard when you're up against sort of financial yes you know if you're you're needing to make money and your gut saying no 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 but you're like yeah but my bank account saying yes but you know what the worst thing is is when you take on a project that you don't really want and then as soon as you've taken on you've committed your time for x amount Mm. of weeks or then another project will come in that you really want to do yeah. straight afterwards I always found that to be the case you know it's like, oh, yeah. if we just waited then we could have done this really good project you know oh, so and something always tended to come up so we have yeah. been quite lucky I suppose yeah but, um, definitely there has been times though when it's been tough and suddenly you're like how are we gonna pay the corporation tax bill and the VAT mm-hmm. bill all the same month? <laughs> It always comes at once, doesn't it? We have some really (laughs) stressful times, uh, but it's all okay now. But uh, yeah, there are times, and it's always the times when you've got the most work on, where you seem to have the least money in the bank for some reason. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, how much of your um, work was sort of brand design, or or you know, branding of a sort, and kind of what does brand? How does that sort of me, what does that mean to you in the context of kind of what you do in the studio? Yeah, well, I guess, you know, with a lot of, we just had, like I said before, we had a lot of startup companies come to us that mm. want, that they initially think, I need a website. Yeah. Uh, and, he, and they also say, I need to get my brand sorted. Do you mm. know anybody that um, does that? And we'd always start the conversation with, well, yeah, well, we can do all of that. So, mm. and we always say, let the best place to start is just start with your brand. So let's do mm. a mini brand project first, see how that goes, and then you know, then we can move all that forward into the design of the website. You know, including illustration, which we had that as a skill as well, and 
and our UX design. So, mm. you know, a, a lot of the clients would come to us with the intention of just getting a website, but it would just turn into a branding project yeah. just to get things started. So that was quite good for us because it, it, we were just opening up more work and that kind of work for us. I mean, it got to the stage where we're getting quite a lot of work and this branding guy, Simon Croft, that we were working with, um, we'd get him to do the brand because he was like, that was his speciality, really. Mm. And he would, he, and so we got him to design a lot of the brands at the start of the project and then we would just work with him and, and get the and do the UX and website design alongside that. And because we were working together in the office, it kind of all mm. gelled really nicely, you know. So yeah, I've always perfect. seen the brand as as just for us in terms of that was the starting point really and mm. of a bigger picture you know the yeah. think, you know the brand isn't just a logo it's just no. it's how it works across all sorts of diff- different things including print mm. as well you know and uh, and it's all about the tone of voice you set we used to get copywriters in at the very beginning mm. to try and set a tone of voice of even before we got the brand done which sometimes is difficult because people don't want to spend that kind of money up front yeah. but it is quite important and then all those small micro interactions that you do even with the ux you know all that mm. stuff is part of the part of the brand you know it's not just about a logo the logo is just kind of yeah. a, something that everything hangs off you know but all that mm. stuff has to be up to the same kind of quality you know even the smallest things absolutely and i think it's about kind of educating clients on that as well because yeah. i think sometimes clients think oh we'll we'll do a brand revamp or or create a new brand and then it's done and after that everyone will just flock to you yeah you don't need to do any anything after that (laughs) and I'm always like no that's just a tiny tiny like what your logo or what looks like whatever is a tiny part of it it's more importantly is your tone of voice and your interaction with clients and how you deal with you know complaints or challenges and everything and I, think what, and I think also what lets it down sometimes is that, you know, you can design a nice brand identity in a website and then they have a marketing team which just do not kind of yeah, get the get whole it. creative yeah. brand side of things and they'll just send out horrible kind of HubSpot emails and mm. things like that which is completely off-brand and, you know, and yeah. for me, completely destroying all this kind of nice work you've built up. You know, or you'll so, have a look on their social media yeah, and oh, yeah. like, oh my God, ouch, that's horrific. And, they, and it's amazing that they haven't even bothered to even put it by you just to get your yeah. opinion, you know. And it's just like, really? You've put that yeah. there? Oh my God. You know, and I think that's, you know, you can actually do damage in that mm. way. But all of that marketing stuff is really important. But it needs to, mm. the consistency and the quality needs to stay the same, I think. Which yeah, always clients seem to be reluctant to pay for. I don't know why. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, definitely. Um I I read a really good um article not long ago. It was, it was about um I think it was about product um sort of software um launch and it was entitled If You Build It They Won't Come and basically saying you can build the best product in the world, but if you don't market it correctly and yeah. appropriately, you know, nothing will happen and I think that's the case for every single client that I work with I try and like get that across you can't just your product can be the best thing in the world you can have the most beautiful packaging branding everything but unless you're putting a substantial amount of money and time into Mm -hmm. you know appropriate marketing then you're not going to get anywhere yeah um and that's not just like selling 
you know, promotions on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> it needs to be more thought out than yeah. that as well, I think. It's kind of a bit um, of a bit of guerrilla marketing, I always call it. There's a nice yeah. there's a nice book about that as well, guerrilla marketing. Which, yeah, uh, I think I've read that. that, which is just some neat different ideas to make mm. you sort of you know, make your brand stand out in a different way by taking a non-conventional approach to, to just getting something different that kind of gets some news, is newsworthy, yeah. you know, I think. Yeah, definitely. Kind of stuff helps as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's, it's quite interesting that you said that you get copyrighted in before you do the brand. I, I really love that idea. Yeah. Um, is that quite a hard sell to clients? It is. You know, sometimes that you, they don't want to do it. I mean, to a certain extent, we do copywriting ourselves, but mm. we're not copywriters, you know. We, we kind yeah. of have a... Because I think the first stage is that, you know, we, we tend to do a lot of research, um, and then you find that out, you try and get in. The more research that, that you do, the better, you know. And, and yeah, part of that absolutely. research is finding out, you know, what... You know what the uh, what what the company's all about and how they work and who their audience is and all this kind of stuff and 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 then you know the the copywriter can really influence the brand in terms mm. of how they want to appear and who who they're aiming at you know and and that can be a big part of it I think and that can then go through not just from the brand but all all through to the user experience mm. design into the design of the website as well and other marketing materials you know so getting that in early is all the best projects have always worked out the best you know the most successful when that's when that's happened mm, I really love that idea yeah. you're kind of writing like a super duper mission statement almost yeah. aren't you that's going to yeah. set the tone for everything yeah exactly yeah I mean that's part of the pro- process we do actually is that you know it's uh, we we tend to the first thing we start with is kind of um we do like a brand workshop, um, you know. If we if we do that, if we can go to meet the client directly, that's good. If not, we send them the mm. brand workshop kind of uh, mm. do, you know documentation, which gives them brand exercises to do themselves. Oh internally. wow! Tell me about that. What does that entail? Um, yeah, it's usually um, it's kind of a you know, it's about it's not very big. It's usually about four or five. Yeah, six pages and too big, and they're like, "No, we're yeah, not doing this." Exactly. Aren't they? <laughs> yeah, but we have something like um, we almost have like a uh, the first thing is like a target chart that's got a big ring, you know, uh, concentric rings, and the mm-hmm. and the, the ring outside is like you know um, aimed at the company. Like, what do we do? That's so they've got to answer that question, mm-hmm. which is typically um, well, we make uh, things for whoever um and then then the next one is like how do we do it and uh then how they actually get to that process and then yeah. always the important thing is well, why do you do it you know and that is that is the thing which people don't really think about when they mm-hmm. think about branding you know you're, you're the brand and the and stuff around it is selling it's really you're selling the why part of the yeah. stuff you know rather than what actually they're doing and how they're Absolutely. doing it so yeah. we try and get them to focus on that and then we do sometimes like a like a sort of a spectrum chart with all different brands on there, which show um, a scale of are you kind of uh, you know serious or playful, are you sort of conventional or rebellious mm. or friendly or authoritative, yeah. and and then try and get them to mark that down on the scale of where they think they are, and then we'll kind of do stuff like um, like a quadrant map almost, you know, like a cross with. Um, yep. Uh, with the ends being like expressive, classic, modern, or reserved, where you are on that scale, and and we'll put some other brands that are relative to their to their market, 
so, so and where they and where they think they sit and where they want to be in terms of that context and that really really helps and then just then just a list of their audience of their audience and kind of a, and then a list of their what they think their values are and just getting them to do that lets them you know they actually you can see them making decisions and and they change their mind about what mm. their company is and what they want it to do almost you know and yeah, and it really really helps that. and it and it mm. and it kind of it basically writes a brief for you yeah the way, you know. so it's almost like for, from their point of view almost like a kind of business plan yeah. <laughs> from yeah. um I, I find that like it's sort of like getting them to completely reassess their business in a way yeah um it's crazy it but... much more in depth yeah, than they kind of do you challenge them if they say we think we're this and you're looking from the outside do you say well actually gotta be honest you're more this yeah um do you, do you challenge them and what kind of reaction do you get to that? Yeah, I mean, you know, mostly it's quite open. You know, we do challenge yeah. people sometimes. We don't just, you know, just saying yes to everything is, yeah. usually doesn't work very well. But if you think there's something else, you, and as long as they give you a legitimate answer why they think they're that, then you just, you go, all oh, right, okay, and you've learned something, you know, and that's part of the research mm. as well, you know. So, um, yeah, we always uh, always uh, ask challenging questions if we don't think they're right. I mean... And then they can back that up, and then that's that re- that that reason that they've got then to back that up is something you can use. Mm. Yeah, I really enjoy the discovery stage. I think it's yeah. always such an exciting time, and it's it's, I love seeing. It's the most yeah. important part for me, really. Like the the more discovery you can do, the just the easier it is to a certain extent. And that's where the client relationships built up yeah. as well. I think, isn't it? That's where the trust and the kind of understandings built up. I think. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's a really, really fun stage. I think just sending out, a, like, you know, five-question questionnaire. I mean, sometimes that is all, you know, some of the projects, I small projects I work on, and it's like a identity, quick identity or logo design. And, mm. you know, it'll be like small budget. I'll do a relatively small kind of questionnaire that's appropriate. And yeah. they probably wouldn't want to do more than that. But yeah. I think, like... um I think for a bigger branding, this is going to make, you know, sometimes this is make or break with a company. And um, I think you have to really, really put that kind of time and effort into that. Yeah. Um, It's just, you know, it's useful even in terms of it just because I think it makes your job easier and designing your brand mm. for them, you know. So it's worth putting that time in anyway, just to save you time, if anything. Do Uh, you, so a question I get asked all the time, and everybody's got a different opinion on this, is, do you um, send over one initial design or does it depend on the type of project? I mean, if you're doing logo design, I think it's easy to send over a few different ideas. Yeah. Or do you tend to just kind of send over one specific brand idea once you've done that discovery stage? Yeah, I, yeah. I, it's, I, for me, it's, it's very hard. I kind of do that with web design. I send over one mm. concept, yeah. but I yeah, don't definitely. do that with a brand. I find it. Okay. I just find it a bit too pompous or something like you know, a bit like the guy <laughs> who designed the next logo, wasn't it? Was he was that? Um, he just said. He just said, "Look, this is you know, this is the brand." If, if you don't like it, then don't have it. It's up to you, and but you've already paid for it. Sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> which is a good way, you know, which is a good approach because then you don't mess about. And, you know, you've done all your research, you've done all your internal stuff, yeah, uh, and but you're it's presenting the best idea. But yeah. people do like options, you know. So, yeah, they do. But I don't, you know, and I val- tend, they feel they get value for money then as well. Uh, you know, well. I, I tend not to give them too many options. That's the thing. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's two or three 
sometimes four different concepts mm. and we kind of write that in our in our kind of um, contract you know we'll provide you with three concepts you know you choose one and then we iterate x mm. amount of times on that idea to get to the mm. point where we all agree that oh, we're happy with it you know and that's in the contract if it goes over that then you have a, a contract to show that you know you know we are spending more time than we agreed on this you know so it yeah. does tend to be a couple of concepts. I mean, I mean, you know, when I'm doing, well, after I've done the research, you know, we do, I do hundreds of sketches and ideas are in my head. You know, I literally do a mm. splurge of vector shapes and symbols and a big illustrator mm. document of all different ideas I've got. But yeah. Most of the, about 99% of them are just crap, you know, mm. but it, you, I have yeah. to sort of go through this process to kind of get to a point where I'm suddenly hit on a night sometimes it doesn't happen you're like oh my god why you know you get sort of imposter syndrome where you're thinking why am i even doing it i'm i can't yeah. even do, i'm not I even a designer i have no idea what i'm doing oh my god you i'm know. the worst designer on <laughs> yeah. earth and the worst thing is just looking at a blank thing and trying to come up yeah. with a genius idea it just doesn't happen i mean sometimes yeah. you do have a great idea straight away but that doesn't happen yeah. very very rarely in, 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 yeah in, in my case but you know i just the process helps, you know, so just getting, mm. just even though the crap idea, just writing more down, sketching more down, even if mm. they're crap, you just sort of don't worry about that and just like go, keep going, keep And the more ideas you have, you'll eventually stumble upon, even sometimes by accident, a uh, thing, oh, wow, this works really well. And, we can, yeah. and, then, and then that's where you get that kind of feeling in your gut where you think, I've really landed on this mm. now. This is like, and, this, and that's the stuff that, that's the time that I get excited yeah actually definitely. when that starts so to is that done by hand or do you kind of do you do it open a big illustrator document and just do tons in there or is it a bit of both i do a bit of both yeah i do a lot of uh, sketching in pencil just random ideas and then i'll if i get to a point where i get a bit kind of like uh, run out of steam on that i'll mm. just go open illustrator sometimes i'll go i'll start with writing the keywords from their values in the document yeah. I'll go to the like. Uh, I'll use the noun project to get symbols of things which yeah. relate to those values and just drop them into the document to sort of sh- show some re- visual mm. representation of those words to I give me some that, ideas. Yeah. And then I just randomly draw shapes, things that will kind of relate to you know those values and things. Try and yeah. just play with stuff. And sometimes you get you just can spend all day and you just everything just in my mind just looks terrible. Like what the hell mm. am I doing? But you you will sometimes stumble on a couple of great ideas and then I can try and make those good ideas and it can be literally a document with almost hundreds of little ideas in and you just pick out mm. the one or two or three ones which you think yeah. are the most successful and then just like kind of work work those up a little bit more you know and then I yeah, yeah. I think that's a really similar way to how I do it. I didn't used to do it like that I used yeah. to felt like I have to nail it but then I watched Aaron Draplin working on oh, one yeah. of his amazing videos and I was like oh, okay well if he if he can like create 10 million different versions in one yeah. document and just work quickly like yeah. that just kind of playing around I'm like well yeah. I it's good enough for me if it's yeah. good enough for him it works um, yeah yeah I mean, everyone, really has di- everyone has a different process I think but for me that works Really and well. then that kind of refining, refining, like finally getting down to the like two or three that are yeah. really good. It's really enjoyable. It is. 
Yeah. I think. Yeah, I love that. I'm not a very good drawer. I, I guess you're an excellent drawer as an illustrator. I'm not a great drawer. So often my like drawings, I'm like, oh, what the hell is that? That's hideous. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I I'm, I'm a bit sketchy in terms of my... Sometimes I can do a little sketch. It'll look quite good. And sometimes I look at it and go, what the hell have I drawn? I look like a, like a five-year-old's drawn that. Oh, my God. And sometimes you have to show the client and you're just like, oh, my God. Oh, but it's quite interesting oh. when you can just have a basic idea that, that turned into a, a finished concept that looks really good mm. and then you show them the original sketch for it and they're like wow <laughs> yeah. okay <laughs> yeah yeah how did you get from that to that exactly. yeah no it's mm. it's um it's really interesting um so do you have in the back of your mind when you're kind of designing I guess talk about logos mainly at this point um yeah. like when you're designing say a logo do you are you really aware these days about responsive logos and stuff is that something that you kind of take into consideration um because we're always like we're all now I mean responsive web design is just the thing now isn't it? you don't even need yeah. to call it responsive web design anymore because that's what everybody expects but I think responsive kind of logo design and stuff is quite an interesting new thing and like maybe having more refined uh like for larger um so if it's on a desktop, you know, more detail down to using a more simplified version for mobile. Is that something you guys do or is that um, just taken into consideration at the beginning so you keep it simple anyway? Yeah, I think, you know, once you've got the concepts that you're happy with, you know, it's always worth looking at what does that look like small? What does that look like? Mm, or white yeah. and black or black and white? You know, mm. uh, I don't have a problem with having a different versions of the logo. I think that's quite a good thing yeah. to do, having a portrait yeah. version of it, a landscape version of it, uh, just mm. a symbol version of it, how it works here, how it works there. And I think that's part of the logo mm. working in different environments. You know, you've got to make sure it kind of that thing, that idea that you've got is going to start to work consistently across all these different mm. types of, you know, responsive environments, including mm. print as well, you know, so... Um, that is definitely something that you know gets done early early stage before you yeah. even show that to the client yeah I think it's exciting I love all these new kind of challenges and I think yeah. it really makes you take remove as much as you can from a low you know because I think sometimes um, it's very good at refining down to the you know the real essence of a, a brand when you have to do that um, and taking out yeah. all the kind of I agree. All, all the best logos, the ones that are so simple and they're yeah. just distinctive. They just they just look different from everything else. And you're else. like, oh, that's just perfect. And Damn them! But often those the, the simpler designs are the hardest things to come up with. You know, yeah. Look, you know, something that it looks, looks so simple, easy, it doesn't look, it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they can Definitely. be the hardest things to do sometimes. Yeah, yeah, and I think people don't appreciate like how much work has gone into creating something so perfect and yeah. simple. Um, which I think is why often like identity design is, you know, devalued and logo design is, you know, can be bloody bought for horribly cheap on Fiverr and yeah. stuff like that because people don't realise how much work goes into it. Yeah. Um, with your brand, how do you present your brand guidelines? I'm I'm loving learning about like how different people present their brand guide. I've seen some absolutely amazing ones, particularly I think John Hicks did a gorgeous job on the iHasco oh, yeah. no, logo. Really Love yeah. those guidelines. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how that's, do you guys do yours? That's something I, I when I saw him do that, I just thought, oh my god, that's really good. I need to do yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, we um, all need to be doing <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, and John always comes up with these neat little new ideas like that, which always um, a good thing to take on board. I mean, typically, it's just a kind of 
a doc. A, it's an Illustrator document, um, which is kind of a, almost a template that we've created, which shows you fonts and site, you know, different colors and sizes and how it works in different environments and what that might work with some yeah. illustration style. You know, so typically, it can be anything from a from a ten page PDF document to sometimes the guidelines that are hundreds and hundreds of pages. So. And that just keeps getting built upon as well. So that's typically what we do as as an end result. But just having that as a PDF isn't always the case because a lot of you know, like John did, having it all in CSS and responsive is a really good way of doing it. Sometimes easier for designers, developers, or websites particularly to use uh, mm. going forward. So it's something that yeah, we need to do more of. I think. In Definitely. I mean, it's obviously more work doing that, um, and but I, I love the fact that you can then, you know, amend it. It can always be updated, yeah, and always be relevant. And I love the th- thumbnails that he used in that as well to kind of demonstrate yeah. layout on documents and stuff like that. I loved it. So. I mean, it's an ongoing process. I don't think you mm. know, brand is never finished. You know, a good brand will keep its God core no. identity, but it'll it'll move on and change as time goes on. And I think having something which is easy to update is, yeah. is the most important thing. You know, it's never sort of ever moving... finished. There's never a final yeah. dot God no. final underscore final. <laughs> This is it now for the next 100 years. I think as well, like, um, we can definitely take some lessons from kind of pattern libraries and UI kits and stuff when it comes to kind of brand guidelines these days and sort of giving more and more quality examples of how a client can use it, which they can then pass to, say, their digital marketing agency that they use to hopefully, you know, inform them better yeah. about how to because a lot of people won't online. open the brand guidelines you're it's no. amazing how they're just like they didn't even know they existed and, they, and the marketing team are creating stuff and they get lost in like yeah emails they and do stuff. yeah so having something online which is maybe on the website as well yeah so that people can access really helps immensely yeah. yeah definitely and i think like i've seen some just terrible brand guidelines as well like literally that mean nothing to anybody you know it's not one of mine any... was it Liz it wasn't one of mine <laughs> well I mean <laughs> no no it names. wasn't no definitely no it's probably one of mine oh, to be okay. honest from the for the bad old days um <laughs> when I was kind of working at agency and it would yeah. be like well we'll just put you know a bit of space around that and show them that and that'll be enough and yeah. I think like showing them how to use it in every and also there's so many different contexts these days aren't there they're like how it's gonna look on twitter what kind of photography you should use in like your header image on Mm. there and so i kind of even going as far as that kind of thing now and yeah definitely yeah, yeah i think it's really important i try and mock up a twitter um, kind of page for clients now to kind yeah. of show them what it would look like. Because yeah. sometimes you send it all over and then you go on like their Facebook page yeah, and exactly. like, oh my what God, what have they done? Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that's happened way too often. So yeah. yeah. Anything you can cover, the better. Then you can just, when you see it really bad, you just think, oh my God, then you well, you, you can then show them that to give them a reminder of what it should yeah. be like. Yeah. I'm kind of in the back of my mind thinking about creating like a master document that um, yeah. 
kind of I can put out for designers to use kind of every available scenario in yeah. it. That... But like you say, <laughs> these things take time to create, yeah. don't they? You know, and when you yeah, when you definitely. are pressured and they just want a quick logo, you, yeah. you know, sometimes there's no budget yeah. to do this kind of stuff, you know. There's and... no, no, and they'd be like, what is this yeah. that you're sending me? What is this 50-page document? Yeah. I and, mean, that um... is a nice thing about working with clients long-term that you can mm. kind of do their brand and then you can also create these things as you go along to help and it helps you as well you know so you, you kind of create it for yourself to a certain degree yeah and you can then replicate that yeah. in future projects yeah. and stuff yeah. yeah that's what I was thinking I was writing an article the other day about um brand guidelines and kind of you know sort of what I've learned really doing this yeah. show and looking around recently and and I was thinking, I need to just be creating this document rather than writing about it. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I need well, to exactly. actually create this and just put it out there for free for yeah. people to be able yeah. to, like, use. But I'm like, that'll take weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so it might happen at some point. Probably mm. won't, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so have are there any kind of projects that you'd like to talk about today that you've kind of really enjoyed working on or um, that, you know, felt you felt were really successful or maybe a little bit different? Yeah, um, I guess there's a couple couple of projects I'm quite proud of. I guess there's um, one, one uh, well, I say recent in the last couple of years. I did a, uh, a logo um, brand and website design for a company called Tractable, who are like an AI company. Um, and yeah, we did a good. You know, they, they were a startup and they they had a good good amount of investment budget, so we were able to kind of do some really good work and we the result was they sort of trusted us a lot and we ended up getting a really nice logo symbol out of it and brand identity mm. guidelines you know and then they brought that we brought that forward into the into the website and and they've taken on those brand guidelines and they've really worked with them quite well and you're seeing now the brand in different places you know or in you know quite big on big printing materials in kind of conferences on mm. in you know conference artwork and all this kind of stuff and it just looks you know it just kind of you know that's where it kind of takes life on its you know takes a life and it and it work you can see it working really well mm-hmm. in those contexts you know and that's where you think yeah we, it was worth doing all that work at the beginning you know and as they started to grow from a couple of people up to you know that they're now like a hundred or so people and rather than just based in london there in san francisco and all different places all over the world and they you know they have it printed on t-shirts and they're getting all mm-hmm. this kind of other stuff done it it kind of you know it makes you makes you quite chuffed that they're kind of using it in the right way and doing and doing good stuff with it as well and you know they they obviously have an appreciation for design and uh, still going forward with it you know so and then they do come back to us for the odd illustration and bits and pieces that they think we kind of are specializing in so yeah and it's good and they keep coming back to us which is always nice it's a really lovely project um like beautiful logo and stuff and obviously like um i guess it shows what a great design it is the fact that they're being able to scale it up you know and it's not lost any of its kind of yeah um, strength and quality at all it's it's that's the the basis of a brilliant identity and brand I think yeah. um, it's really beautiful and it almost takes on a life of its own you know it was just a one yeah. idea in in a, in a hundreds and just for whatever reason you know kind of worked and and and, and you can see it and, and as the time goes on it, it seems to get stronger which is mm. really really nice 
because that doesn't Again, happen though, with that's a lot that's of projects. It's simple, isn't it? And yeah. so it kind of that that real very well designed simplicity works the best always. Yeah, and you know there were small details in that which probably don't get noticed where. The color palettes were different for it being on a darker background from it being on a lighter background, mm. which make kind of big differences, you know, and because yeah. we were kind of forward thinking that what would this be like printed and on different environments. So we thought about that at those early stages and, and you can see that now paying off after that's being used in, in all these different media. So very, very rewarding. Yeah, it is. Did you say you had another one as well? Yeah, there, well, there's an older one that I've worked on, which is the, I don't know if you heard of a company called Parkopedia, which is kind of the world's largest parking database. Um, I, designed, I designed the logo for those guys. And yeah, they've just gone on from strength to strength. And uh, they've got a big office in London. I went recently to discuss another project with them. And, you know, a little logo that you design on your on your MacBook. You go there, and it's in a really prime location, right by so the um, you, you know, and they've got it plastered all over the walls and yeah. outside the building, huge. And it's like, wow, you know, yeah, uh, you know, it's so taken exciting. on a life of its own. It's really, really nice to see, yeah. And the fact that they're still using it, in my opinion, it needs a bit of an update. But you know, um, we might get to that stage at some point. So I think though that um, this is like then brilliant for you to take back to your kind of you know, prospective clients to say, this is what a great brand can do. Yeah. This is how big this company has got to. This is the growth that a great brand can create because there's no doubt that if it had been a crap brand, it probably yeah. would have struggled more. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes it's, it, as well, it's sometimes these very small little projects, you just think, oh, you know, quick logo yeah. for a company. And something like that company becomes massive. Yeah. And then you're like, and it's being used everywhere and you think, God, I wish I'd spent a little bit more time working on <laughs> yeah. the details of that, you know, because sometimes these smaller little projects, which kind of take off, you know, and then that brand, you know, the base of that brand's already been done and, you know, has been carried forward. So the ones that stand the test of time, that's always the ones where you think, yeah, the job was done well, you know. Mm. Do you go back to clients maybe a few years down the line and say, do you, do you think it's time for an update? Should we update this? Are you... Do you do that kind of thing or do you wait for them to come to you? Um, I guess we tend to, if they do come back for anything else, maybe they want to kind of update to a design or mm. something else. Once you start talking with them again, you you, you, know, you do mention it if we think it, mm. if, if that's the case. And if they're happy to go ahead and do that, then, you know, sometimes it's... we have done that. But obviously it's a big decision to change mm. a bit of your brand, especially if they've got it, they're using it everywhere, it's being printed, yeah. all adults, you know, to change the logo is can be quite an expense you know the expense isn't really in paying you to do it anymore it's it, the expense is changing everything else yeah and yeah. I think it's a it's a hard thing to broach because if you've done the branding for them originally yeah. and then you're like well shall we do an update they're like well what was wrong with the original yeah. branding and also I mean we've seen the fallout from you know tweaks to brands we see it every day and you know it can cause huge kind of upset <laughs> in yeah. the community yeah. so it's something that needs to be taken what are you talking about there. specifically then <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm slack thinking and... maybe like the slack logo <laughs> yeah. and um like any logo yeah. that's ever changed yeah. i mean <laughs> like, you know they expected that whatever. thing didn't they with the slack logo yeah, Pent yeah. Oh, Pent yeah. pentagram are one of my favorite agencies and I always look to them for kind of you know because they're the, amazing they, the, you know the stuff has longevity and it's they've got a proven 
proven experience in that and uh, hopefully things once all the initial backlash wears off it kind of makes sense in the future you know know, designers are creating things which for the future you're not creating things for the now you're creating things which are you know futuristic to a certain degree yeah Um, I I interviewed Michael Beirut for the podcast actually about the Slack logo and um, he was so cool about it <laughs> like they completely knew that it was going to be a nightmare yeah, out there yeah. with everyone and but he was just so philosophical about it and like well you know they'll get used to it yeah, kind of thing. they always do don't they yeah, you know it's, true, yeah. it's the case that people and then he said we made a tiny tweak like maybe a couple of months afterwards and everyone's like, oh my god and he's like well you obviously got used to the yeah. previous one already sure. then haven't you if this is causing you so much upset yeah. so but it's, yeah, it, it, but it's interesting that, you know, I've, I, I worked for a big kind of branding agency before I worked at, at Cayenne um, in Guildford. And they were, you know, working with very big clients um, like Sony and Canon. And mm. it was interesting to see, you know, get that perspective on things and how how they deal with that kind of stuff, you know, mm. because it, it, does, it does happen. And there's also internal politics as well as, mm. as uh, the customer politics as well, you know, so... But, you know, they just take it, like, shrug it off, like, yeah, it'll be fine. It'll all calm down after a while. Mm. Don't worry. I think it's also that no publicity is bad publicity attitude as well. Like, you're obviously, if you're that bloody upset about this, then you obviously love the brand. So that's great. I mean, it was always interesting what happened with Gap, wasn't it? And when Gap rebranded their logo, and then they went back to the old one. Because, I mean, that in itself in an exercise was a great brand exercise, wasn't it? Because it just got everyone talking about Gap, which is all you need at the end of the day. Absolutely. Yeah. No publicity is about publicity. And went back to the old version. I mean, I guess that's what kind of co-op did as well, wasn't it? It, To a certain degree, they went back to their old style logo, which is an interesting choice. And I thought a pretty choice some guts to do that actually doesn't it yeah Yeah, i think it's always i mean yeah design by by committee is always is always difficult and the fewer mm. people that are decision makers the better i think in these kind of projects you know so if everyone gets a say it just becomes very bland doesn't it and over generic board involved that's always the biggest road to hell yeah, ever <laughs> exactly. um because you know there's always there's always a huge often a huge age range on things like that as well and yeah. you know gender differences and yeah you know so many things involved and i think you always end up with a diluted product at the end of it i think you're better to appoint one person <laughs> yeah as the person who's going to head up a project have you seen any kind of um recent rebrands or identity designs that you really love um, um, out there I don't know I I, 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 I just really like the simple ones I think I'm trying to think what I recently I really like Airbnb when they rebranded I thought it was Ooh, brilliant it was quite controversial yeah I re- lots of people I, hated it yeah I know they did but I just really liked it and I just liked all the backup that went with it you know the mm. logo itself was just a line wasn't it that kind of looked very simple simple and people yeah. off, but saying it looked like other things but it's all the stuff behind it and how they're going to use it I just think worked really well and then I think mm. looking back at it now it kind of you can't imagine it being any other way you know so, it's so true you know you just get used to it so do. quickly and then you barely yeah. remember what the old one was yeah. like 
So, and that's the kind of thing I like. And, I, you know, MasterCard as well. That sounds quite oh, boring, but... I love the MasterCard one. That's one of my favourites. I just think, that, you know, that's very brave to take away. Yeah. Just have a symbol, obviously. But you, and only big brands can do that to a certain extent. Mm. But it's Pentagram just, did that as well. Yeah. And that's just great. That's just lovely. And I've always liked mm. uh, Venn diagram style mm. things with overlaying yeah. colours. That's one of my things I always liked. So when yeah. they did that, I just thought, oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, no, it's it's really yeah. beautiful. And I just like seeing it on things. It just looks cool, I think. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. so confident. And we all know it, yeah. don't we? Everybody yeah. recognises it. Yeah, sure. So it's brilliant. It's a real mm. bold move. Yeah. I actually really like the John Lewis Waitrose rebrand as well, yeah. which a lot of people aren't so keen on. But yeah, no, I think it's super smart. Yeah. Really nice. So. Really nice. I think yeah. Pentagram uh, London did that one. Yeah. I always like, you know, my favourite uh, brands are the ones that are kind of very simple and appear symbol, but mm. then they've got all this kind of backstory behind them that Brilliant. you might not even know or yeah. have hidden meanings. I just love all that stuff, you know? Mm. I just think it's really interesting, and even some yeah. of it kind of can be myth or made up, but that's the sort of thing that keeps the brand interesting. It's got some sort of personal story or story behind it. It, it gives it a bit of extra weight, I think, you know? And, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I love those backstories. And I think that's why it's, it annoys me when people just jump really quickly. They'll see something on Twitter and be like, this is awful. Yeah. You know, you bastards, what yeah. have you done? Yeah. And, you're, and actually it's like, well, if you actually read the reasons behind yeah. certain decisions, it was really good, you know, it's perfect. I exactly. love it when, yeah. when that makes sense. And Apple have always made me my favourite brand, I think, out of everything. Yeah. They are just the masters of it really, aren't they? You know, yeah. just seeing how that's yeah. developed Listen. over the years from the kind of colourful striped logo all through to the very simple thing they've got now, you know. And I just love and all that-, that kind of stuff behind it of, you know, you know, having a, uh, you know, there's all these myths about how it was created, mm. you know, and I think one of them is Steve Jobs had an apple, took a bite out of it and left it on the table, <laughs> you know, but I think that's probably just made up. But yeah. And the, and the fact that I think, is it, uh, is it Adam and Eve took the bite of the forbidden yeah. fruit or something as well? Yes. And, um, yeah. And, uh, and, and, and which represents knowledge or something. I don't know. Yeah. But I don't even know if, that, if that's it, true. Like, a, yeah. But I think, yeah, but I think, is it, is it, I think he's the designer, Rob, um, Rob Janhoff. I think he was, he, he, he was saying that um, he just created it, the bite out of the apple just because it made it not look like another bit of fruit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that was it. That was it. You know, that yeah. simple. So I love the mythology around yeah. it though. So good. Yeah. Um, and that, their brand, that is, I mean, their brand feeds through Every yeah, so it's not just about the logo, it? is it? I mean, it, it is <laughs> no. just, it's, it's literally, you know, every tiny detail of everything. And sometimes it's hated, uh, but generally, it's uh, that's why people buy but these But people feel very things, strongly about they do, Apple, yeah. don't they? So, I mean, I mean, how would they change? How would they, how would they change that going forward? I mean, they probably would do yeah. at some point, but, you know, it could even be yeah. in the... They could even be thinking about it at the moment. Who knows? So... I think that um, you hired in a brand designer for your own yeah. um, rebrand. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. I mean, how it, was that? That was one of the best <laughs> things we ever did. Actually, I think you know we we kind of got we we decided to start the company. We got to come up with a name. We wrote hundreds of words down on a bit of paper and said, right. The, our company name is written on this bit of paper. So I went to the pub, drank a few beers and literally crossed all the ones off we didn't like till we got down to yeah. a couple. 
selected Super 8, and then we thought, right, let's let's fight. You know, we'll it'll be because it's you know the most difficult projects are the ones you do yourself, aren't they? Mm. And yeah. I think we'd be wrangling between both of us being designers what the right approach is, what she would do. So we just thought, well, let's just pay somebody else to do it, you know. And uh, so we looked on Dribble and we looked at designers which we just like their style, you know. And, mm-hmm. and one of those people was a guy called Brent Brent Couchman, mm-hmm. um, who we just we just liked everything he did, all the sort of colours yeah. he used, the sort of forms, the shapes, and the style of what he was doing. We thought if we had some sort of logo that look kind of have this kind of vibe about it that'd be really really cool so we gave him a little bit of a brief um you know so he had a clean plate to start from and he just came back with a few concepts some of them not great actually but the one that we, as soon as we saw it we just thought that is the one that is fantastic mm. so we got him to play with the colors a little bit more and just to keep ourselves happy but it was just really interesting seeing you know, as brand designers ourselves, it was mm. just so interesting to see someone else's approach and how they did it. You know, I think it's a it's 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 a thing that if you ever want to learn about brand design or get better yeah. at it, employ somebody to design a brand for you, and employ yeah. somebody that you actually admire as well, because you know that that is the best education that you're ever going to get is by being on the other side and being one of their clients. You get to see all the detail of, of what they're showing. You know, it's fantastic. It's stuff that you can't pay for, but you can if you get your brand designed by them. Yeah. You know, so so. Um, did he bring up things and surprise you with things that you hadn't maybe thought of? Um, was he that involved or was it more a kind of logo kind of design? It was much just a logo, yeah. That's yeah. kind of what we wanted. And we were quite confident of creating other stuff around it. So we just really yeah. gave him free reign, just so like, you know, this yeah. is what we are, this is who we're appealing to. You know, just do whatever you want. Just yeah. give us some, give us some ideas. You know, it's up to you. Just do it in your style because we like what you do. So if it's anything like this style, then fantastic. So he gave us about five or six different ideas, um, and the one that we chose, we liked it. Just got to play with the type a little bit and the colours. And actually, after he gave it to us, we played a little bit further with it ourselves because we couldn't help ourselves. <laughs> uh, but and then you know, and it's just been, and it's just was lovely we were really happy with it and so we decided to get it printed on everything we made mugs we mugs and merch but you know even doing that is a really interesting process because it gets you it makes you realize you know if when you are designing a logo it is going to get used in this way and you got to appreciate that you know when you're designing it that how it's going to be used so actually using it and doing things with it makes you realize it makes you make decisions early on because some things are, are a nightmare to print in different ways as well. Yeah. You've got to think about that. When did you have that done? When was that process done? Um, God, that must have been about 10 years ago now. And it's the same logo you've got yeah. now? Yeah, same It's logo so good. Now. I love it. Yeah. I'm just looking at it now. Yeah. I mean, it's so recognisable. I've always, obviously, because I've got it on a mug. Yeah. Um, but it is so recognisable. I absolutely love it. Um, I think it's got a real John Hicks feel to it as well. Yeah, it has a bit, I guess, yeah. Um, I thought that's who you were yeah. going to say designed it, no. so that's quite interesting. No, I've been thinking about getting it redesigned, actually. I was going to ask John to do it, but I don't know if he'll be um, up for it, but uh, yeah. uh, we'll see. It's probably way too expensive for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem, isn't it? All the best oh. designers are horrifically expensive. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure but he'd that, do mates rates for yeah, you. Yeah, he might do, Hopefully he would. That'd be nice, yeah. <laughs> But um, I think you know. But you know, I think doing that is is the it's a great way to get inside mm. a, a brand designer's head is get a logo designed by them for you. Brilliant mm. idea. 
Someone you really admire. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Also, I just think it's impossible to do your own stuff as well. I, yeah. I think I just never successfully done anything like that for myself yeah. ever. Because you're just too, yeah, you're too close to it and you kind of can't see the wood through the trees, can you? Whatever the expression yeah, is. Yeah, and you've got all these emotions involved, yeah. haven't you? And kind of, yeah. you know, it's what we do for other clients. Yeah. And then to think that we're any different to that client yeah. is and it, naive. And it is a, that, that's the point that you get an opportunity to get other people to design stuff for you and learn how they do yeah. it. And, you know, I think it's it's kind of a quite a good thing to do, really. Yeah, I might hire Mike Coos yeah. to do my... Yeah. <laughs> He's definitely out of my price range, yeah. but, you know, <laughs> unfortunately. Well, you know, know. it is, I think, you know, you can pay to go on these courses or go to conferences, but, you know, use the money and get someone else to design a brand for you and find yeah. out how they work. I think almost that's... Can of, change your yeah. change your business around yeah, forever, maybe. can't yeah. it? Yeah. So, have you any recommendations? You don't have to be anything to do with the industry. We just normally finish on a recommendation um can be like i mean we've had tv programs we've had yeah. you know software whatever you feel like um oh god that's difficult i mean i always go I, I generally in terms of brand stuff i always go to underconsideration.com brand mm, new yeah. which i just use all so the time good. I just go yeah. there and, and i'd love seeing the old versus the new yeah know, i think that's really helpful and it's i always go there resource. to think you know i always I always go to um, some of my favourite agencies and just look at the work they're doing as well. You mm. know, that always helps for sort of a bit of inspiration to see what's going on. I think I go to, I go to pentagram.com quite a lot. Yeah. There's a website called logodesignlove.com, which yeah. is really good. And there's some really interesting articles on there and they interview very interesting people. So that's always a good, insightful mm. thing to see. Um, and there's a couple of agencies that I always thought I want to be like them, which is there's one mm. called there's one based in Barcelona actually, and they're called mm. Hey Studio, and they always do really kind of vibrant, oh. colourful brand work, and it's all not it's just a lot of it's packaging, and I really love packaging stuff because I think some of that stuff's mm. really interesting. Uh, yeah, they're called uh, HeyStudio.es, and they're oh, fantastic. Cool. I've always wanted to say oh, I'd love to Super Eight. Now I've moved to Spain to be kind of. A version of that in some way we'll see how that goes but um yeah and there's another um company that i've always followed called focus lab uh, based in the u.s and i always yeah. think the stuff they do is really really nice so uh oh, that, brilliant. that's the stuff i follow anyway yeah that's cool i always i'm really bad at kind of keeping up with other people's work and stuff i, I need to take more time to yeah kind of you know keep an eye on what other people do because it's always so good yeah. and inspirational. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, well, I to... it's nice to buy brand books as well or, or logo books mm. or symbol books, I think, you know, all those kind of, mm. you know, having some physical copy of, of that rather than just looking mm. on the internet all the time just makes, you know, gives you a different sort of inspiration and sometimes, you know, gives you different things which not everyone else is looking at as well and gives some different sort of inspiration, so... Yeah, definitely. Mm. One of the coolest things I went to, it was years ago now, it's probably four years ago, was the Paul Smith like retrospective at the design oh, yeah, studio. Nice. That was so inspirational because yeah. his brand is so strong yeah. and just fed through absolutely everything that he did. And I loved it. It was so exciting, so colourful and yeah. how he designed different, you know, patterns and stuff was so, so good. Um, and I think going to stuff like that can really inspire you, can't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I always love going to uh, 
art galleries and exhibitions that always mm. and stuff that's not necessarily completely just graphic design or brand orientated yeah. this anything yeah. you know it all helps yeah definitely anything that get those creative juices flowing. yeah i really want to go to that stanley kubrick thing actually that's one <gasps> thing on my too. list he's probably up there with my favorite yeah, directors i think too, and um just love how unbelievable i love i just love him as a person like i love how kind of mysterious yeah. he was and made him tick in these kind of incredible films way before yeah. their time and yeah so good and even like i was reading about eyes wide shut um yeah. not long ago and kind of all the symbolism that was used in that was just insane like i i want to rewatch it to you know realize yeah kind of notice all of these things and just so the level of detail and research behind stuff that you know an ordinary folk watching it might not even pick up on but having all yeah. that back stuff you know you can tell he just works so hard to get to those things that were just iconic really and it's just it, and that's what it's hard work at the end of the day and doing your research isn't it and I think that he is his films are so recognizable yeah. every time you watch one it's so yeah. obviously and it's amazing, you know, Space Odyssey 2001, just... Incredible. It just blows you away that was done in 1968 or whatever it was. It just it just, just still amazes me to this very day. Yeah. I mean, Great. stuff isn't as good as that even now, you know. No. Jesus. Unbelievable, no. really. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was. He was a real kind of... One of those really magic... I, I keep talking about this to people. I yeah. think there's magical people like who... I think like David Bowie was one of them. Yeah. And, you know, like maybe Damien Hurst is another. Like um, people who are just like crazily visionary and talented yeah. and kind of, um, you know, could turn their hand to anything and it would be amazing. And I yeah. think he's definitely one of those people. Mm, I agree, yeah. I love him. Mm. Yeah, so I really want to go to that. Yeah, that's one. I went to the Dior exhibition at the V&A uh, oh, yeah. a few weeks ago, and that was insane. That was so inspiring. Oh, like interesting. Going, yeah, because I absolutely adore fashion. I'm such a fashion obsessive. And um, yeah. it was just like the quality of work involved was in so mo- it was moving it was really really moving at times like how oh, wow. beautiful the stuff was and also like the patterns and the different creative directors they had since Dior died and the yeah. different mark they've put on stuff you know people like John Galliano who's so so different to you know some of the other directors they had and that was amazing and that was really inspiring mm-hmm. as well I think like ever, anything like that's so good yeah that's a good yeah, it's really. I spent probably two hours there. It's a bit like I went to see the um, Alexander McQueen exhibition at VA, which was one of the best things I've ever laid eyes on in my entire yeah. life. And it was a bit like that. They yeah. put they put so much work and effort into these these things there, and you're yeah. just so in, immersed in mm. the world and stuff. So, and if you're a fashion lover <laughs> like yeah. I am, it was it was like heaven. So, yeah, I would definitely recommend that. Anyway, Mm. it's been so good to chat to you. Thank you so much for coming on the show and telling us all about your interesting processes. I definitely learned a lot. Oh, good. Well, lovely to talk to you, Liz. Thank you very much. And enjoy Spain. I will. I'll go and have a dip in the pool now before I have to crack on with some more work. (laughs) Oh, not fair. (laughs) Not fair at all. (laughs) 
huge thank you to Matt for uh, taking time out from his swimming pool to chat with me on the show. I, I really enjoyed it and he had so much interesting stuff to say. Um, you can catch me on Twitter at Liz underscore E or at Elastic Brand Pod if you have any comments about this episode or any of the previous season. Um, and you can also fill out the contact form on the Elastic Brand website. I'll be back next week with another guest. Bye!